Hi, welcome to Cycling Talk podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of cyclocross, so it was amazing for me to interview two-time under-23 cyclocross world champion, Lars van der Haar. Thank you for joining me today, Lars. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can you tell me your first memory of being on a bike? Well, uh, I saw your question of that and I really had to dig deep. Uh, But actually, it's quite difficult to come up with a first memory on the bike. I know I used to uh, found a bike uh, on the dump and I I fixed it a little bit and I played around on it. But that didn't really last long. It was just a period of maybe half a year. but maybe one memory that always lasted with me was I was uh, racing around, which we always did in uh, in Holland, uh, around uh, around the block, and I uh, rode into a tree like head on, and uh, that hurt hurt a lot. So <laughs> I think that's that's one of my first uh, real memories I have. Of course, I was already uh, able to ride by then, but I don't even know which age I was. But uh, yeah, that's something that stuck by. What was the first bike that you remember being really excited about? Oh, um, well, I think it's uh, Pinarello. It was my first uh, road bike that I was uh, given by my parents to ride, to start riding. It was a secondhand purple Pinarello. So I'll never forget that, of course. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I would what started with after uh, done other sports. Do you remember the first race that you did? The first race is not exactly which one it is. I know I started with like, a little cross just at the club, you know, club racing. Um, and I think that was my first race just at my club. Definitely didn't win it. I know that for sure. Um, but I think it was even uh, cross. I'm, I'm actually not really sure it was a road race or a cross race. Um, but the, the one I remember was a cross race and it was around the club and uh, it was really painful. And it was uh, wet. It was muddy, I remember. And that that's all that I remember of that I think I was age 11 12 where you were now mm-hmm. and I started late I started when I was 11 12 so mm-hmm. it was quite soon that I started cross already were you just riding cross and road at the time then well I started uh, riding my bike uh, I think April 2002 and I remember it was of course on the road and I hated it and that Pinarello ended up more in the ditch than I was riding it the first couple of weeks. Uh, but after that, I started to enjoy it slowly, especially after we'd been on a uh, holiday in, in France. And we, we looked at the Tour de France passing our uh, camping site. And I saw, which for me, back at the time was a hero, of course, Michael Bogert, Armstrong, all those guys were passing back then. And uh, that's the first time I started liking cycling. And then, of course, it became winter. And my dad was like, yeah, what do we do now? And yeah, he said, we can do mountain biking and just going in the forest. Or you could do maybe cross, which was at that moment a bit bigger in our, in the club I had joined. Um, and then you can do little races in the winter. And that appealed to me. And that's how I started cross. What sort of training were you doing and who did you train with? Uh, well, at that moment, you just trained with the trainers of the club. So you did whatever they said. You went two times a week there. And in the weekend, you did either a race or you did a ride with your dad. Or that was a bit all that you needed back then. So uh, it was just all for fun. When did you realize that you had a talent for cyclocross? 
I don't think it was really realizing I had a talent for it more that I just liked it more than road racing. Mm. Um, so I just already quickly think quite early, even with, I don't know how you call it age group in England, we say the new link, uh, which is age group 14, I think 14, 15, um, that I already said that I want to do more cross and the road riding. Yeah, of course, still do you still do the road, but I always started later and stopped earlier because I liked the cross more. Um, I think when I really realized I had maybe talent for it, it was at the juniors when, um, yeah, well, you were picked up by the national team. So you're from the Netherlands, which has a great cyclocross scene. How was it growing up and competing in such a popular sport in your country? Uh, good question. Uh, I think um, in Holland, uh, cyclocross uh, is indeed more popular than in other countries, but the most popular would be in Belgium. Uh, road racing here is a lot more uh, yeah, known than, than cross, but mm-hmm. it is growing, especially I've, I've noticed the last years, and uh, I think that's, that's really good, of course. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. Uh, we, we had all the facilities at that moment. We still had a big sponsor at the national team, so also at the national team, we did loads of trainings together, little training camps, and I really think that helped me uh, one and keep in, keep my joy in the sport, but also to get better. Do you remember the first time that you travelled outside of the Netherlands to compete? Yeah, I think it was with the New Links, and it was in Belgium uh, on the road. I think that was my first time. Uh, the New Links, I don't think I have raced abroad in the cross, only from the juniors on. But I could be wrong in that. Some memories slip by me. But uh, no, I think the junior, first year junior, were my first races in the um, yeah abroad, and the new links I did do on the road here and there. I think a race in, in Belgium, but not too many. Who was supporting you to get to all of the events in the Netherlands and beyond? Well, I think like almost everybody, your parents. I don't think you can do this sport without your parents. I've seen guys do it and I've got the most uh, respect for those guys that do it without their parents uh, but I was one of the lucky ones that had supporting parents um, luckily in a positive way and not in a pushy way so they've always let me do whatever I wanted and uh, yeah of course uh, when you get a little bit better then they also support a bit harder but uh, no it really started off really slow and uh, yeah I just I just started to liking the sport and they brought me to all my trainings to all my races uh, mm. they were happy though when I had my driver's license because they didn't have to bring me everywhere but that on the side they were uh, they were really uh, helpful and they at to, till today they they go to every race at me as my mechanic and uh, and so on you're at the start line do you remember the first time that you represented your country and how did that make you feel? Yes, I do remember. Uh, it was as a first year junior, uh, in top of my head, it was November. I'd already missed two of the, I think the first two World Cups, which I really did not like because I thought I was good enough to go and I didn't go. And then I missed a European championship and I was really pissed about that because I was reserved. And normally they were able to do six people and they were already only taking five. And I was the sixth and then somebody uh, fell sick and I thought now I can go and they still didn't call me up. Uh, And I've not missed uh, any championships after that, but um, that was the one championship I missed and I will never forget that. 
Um, but yeah, after that, there was a World Cup. And I was beating more of the Dutch guys now. And that was in Hofstade. And it was the first ever time I got to put the orange on. And I'll never forget getting those clothing. Um, and that made me really proud trying it on. And I remember getting it and the next day training in it. And yeah, I think that's a really nice moment. And it's something I will never forget. In the race, it didn't go so well, but I did get to wear it. So that same year, you were second in the Junior European Championships. What do you remember about that race? Um, so, that, yeah, that was as a second year junior, so that was the year after. Um, I think 2008, out of the top of my head. Um, yeah, what, what do I remember of that? I remember that already since I can remember, so say from the, from the youth on, there was this guy that was about six lengths higher than me and or taller, sorry. Um, and he's always been better and better. And at that moment, yeah, the, I think in the newer links, he almost lapped us at the juniors. You were a couple of minutes behind um, but the new, newer links, I mean. And then at the juniors, it was maybe one minute and that was the same on the Europeans. So yeah, it was just him gone and the rest behind. So as an under 23, you were twice world champion, twice European champion, twice national champion, twice overall winner of the Cyclocross World Cup and winner of the Super Prestige Series. That is just crazy. Uh, with the calendar being so busy, did you feel like you got a chance to enjoy all of this success? No, I don't think so. I think uh, especially after, the, after my first win, I did. Um, that was, I think, the, for me, the Europeans in uh, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, especially because I also won that in a sprint against an Italian. That was really big. And yeah, I think with every first win, you really do celebrate it hugely. Um, but so quickly already, the day after, you're getting stressed because you're like, oh dear, now I have to like show that again. And next week, I have to do this again. And I think that uh, I, I only found that out after the Worlds of that year. Um, I won the Worlds in St. Wendel, uh, also in a sprint uh, with a lot of other emotions that happened that day with people chasing. And in the end, I got out in front. And of course, I was happy somebody else was crying. Not very nice, but yeah, I had won. And after that, the weeks after, it was very difficult for me to still uh, compete on the level I should have. And that's when I noticed that the pressure was actually quite high and luckily I had a really good coach at that moment um, after really good talks of a couple of weeks, of course, that doesn't happen overnight. I found the joy and I found out uh, why I like the sport again. And yeah, I did got to, to get that moment of, uh, of being happy with a result. Do you have any favorite moments or races from your time as an under 23? Well, racing at the under 23 was just fun anyway, because, um, yeah, I don't get it the wrong way. When, when you're winning a lot, then it's just fun, of course, because you're winning a lot. So at that moment, you like everything of it because you feel that at that moment you're better than the rest. So whatever you do, you, you're coming out on top. And that is the most fun in racing. I think when you're training and you're also feeling that you're better than the rest, then that's, that's why you do cycling in the first place. You want to feel that that strength, that, that feel of, of better than the rest. And uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. But if I would have to pick um, something out of that, 
difficult. Those were the first years that Falkenburg came up as a race. And I think I would have to say that I did really like that race. So I research all of my guests online and I look at all of their major results to help me write my questions. So I've already mentioned your amazing success as a junior and under 23. And as an elite rider, there are so many amazing results. In fact, I counted over 80 major podiums since 2012. In your first year as an elite, you firstly won the national championships and then finished third in the world championships. What do you remember about the elite worlds in Louisville, USA? Uh, a lot, actually, because a lot happened there. So I had, I had switched uh, a year early to the elites because what you just mentioned, I won two years in a row and I felt like at that moment there was nothing for me to gain. So I went to the elites um, and I was also then selected for the Worlds. And that course, um, yeah, it was crazy. The, the, the weather was just changing every minute. Uh, we, we came there and it was hot. Uh, then it started raining and then suddenly it was snowing and minus something. And the biggest change was that we always do a certain training up to the world. So you do your certain blocks a couple of weeks ahead. You do a lot of training. And then the week in front of the world, you always do almost nothing. You're just really easy. But then always on uh, Friday, you do like a good training with some intervals or behind the scooter. And then Saturday, you do easy again. Sunday, you've got the world's. What happened now? Everybody did their training on Friday and in the evening at six, I remember just before dinner, call came in uh, to the coach. The world's is happening Saturday, all categories. Boom, just there, right there. Everybody had to change their schedule. Uh, mechanics were panicking because um, yeah, you're in America. Nobody's got all their material, wheels or bikes there. So the, we had thought because you had Saturday, Sunday, the wheels of Saturday can be used on Sunday and uh, you can help each other. Um, so everybody was stressing and I remember me feeling not stressed. I was just like, okay, this happened now. Everybody has trained hard on Friday. I've, I already quite straight away saw messages on Twitter. I'm like, oh, um, I've trained way too hard. This is a disgrace and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's good. They're already stressed. So I just felt relaxed and I was like, no, this is, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And, uh, firstly I thought, Oh, it's going to be minus five tomorrow. It's going to be my course, nice and snowy. So we get to the next day uh, and we go to the race and I see Macho van der Poel winning in the juniors on ice, snow ice. He was riding tires with no threat. Then um, the under 23 came and they were already riding with the normal tires and it started to look, the snow was gone. Was, oh, strange, okay. Um, and I saw Mike Tonisa winning, uh, which was really nice because he's also a friend of mine. Then the, um, the ladies came and I was like, oh, they're already riding with mud tires. That's strange. And I had just done the recon, so I did already know that. And the course was just literally a mud pool. It was unbelievable. There was nothing left of the course. And it also started to get warmer. It, wasn't, it was still cold. It was, say, around two degrees, but it was not freezing anymore. Um, and Marianne Vos won back then. Um, and then it was up to us. Um, fun fact, though, our mechanic said that, oh, we've got uh, three world champions now. If we do get a medal in the world, so I will shave my head. And he thought that would never happen. But that was just a fun fact. Now, um, we, I go into the race thinking this is not really a race for me, just mud, power, 
Um, I'm a bit young. I'm not the strongest rider. I'm more for technical courses. Um, but I just started my race. I had not the best start, but I just paced myself and it went really well. But a lot happened. Uh, Francis Moret had a flat tire. Powell's had his chain off. Niels Albert was completely, I don't know, in his head. I think he was mentally thought he was going to win and he didn't. So he was suddenly riding backwards. And all of a sudden, I remembered this being just before the last lap. I was hearing through the speakers like, and Lars van der Haar on third place. I was like, what? Sorry? <laughs> I didn't even know. I was just riding my race. And yeah, I didn't know what was happening. And I, I remember me thinking, oh, bloody hell, now I have to really try and keep this pace. I didn't know where place four was. I didn't know where second or first was because I was so focused on myself that day. And in the end, I made it. And of course, that was, that was uh, yeah, for me, something really special to be on the podium with Sven Nijs and, uh, yeah, to do my first world championship, be straight away on the podium. Um, and after so many improvisation, I think that was really, uh, yeah, something uh, special for me. Sounds like a crazy weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. And you know what I did with the suit that I raced in? Because it was so cold and, um, and the, the suit was so muddy, it became like an, uh, a suit you could put up straight up. Like it was so like completely hard, but I threw it in the bin because I was like, I can't take that home anymore. I didn't know how to take it home. So that's somewhere on the, on the dump in America. <laughs> You've been on the world champion podium twice more, as well as being the Dutch national champion and European champion. How does it feel winning your national championships as an elite rider? Yeah, pretty nice. Um, I won it in 13 and I was the first rider to beat Lars Bohm after him putting up a streak of seven times, I think. Um, so I was hoping I was going to put on a streak, but my streak ended up with two because then there wasn't much of Vanderpool. But uh, it, for me, it was really, really special. And uh, I was really happy to be able uh, yeah, to wear that jersey. And uh, for me, that was one of my uh, biggest wins. So you've been riding for Telenet Fidea Lions since 2017. How is it being part of that team with so many amazing riders? Oh, really nice, of course. There um, have been some changes now and then, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I like the idea of, of what Sven Nice was selling and uh, I, I, I went for it and I'm really happy I made that choice. Uh, till till today, now it's called Balwaza Tech Lions. So I think it's uh, for me, it's been a good choice. Me and my family love watching cyclocross every weekend. And what we really like about cyclocross is the individual battles and seeing different riders achieve great results in different courses. What do you like about cyclocross? Well, that's one of the key things that you're already mentioning. Um, I love the fact that people have their indeed their own battles uh, for me that is sometimes uh, trying to be top five trying to be top three uh, and for another guy that can be trying to to get to a top 10 or to a top 15 it's so different than on the road where you're just a guy to prepare the sprint or help your guy get in front for the for the for the for the climb and a gc guy to have a good gc um yeah, it's, it's, it's a really challenging sport. But what I also really like about it is the variation. You've got so many different courses. And then that course can also be completely changed just by the weather. So it's just so many things can happen. And I think that is one of the nicest things about the sport for me. And also, it's only an hour, but it's an hour full gas. And 
mm. in that hour you can really uh, either find yourself or um, yeah we say you, you hit a wall so <laughs> yeah it's difficult to, uh, to 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 do it but I do really enjoy it what type of course do you think suits you Oh, that's easy. Climbing technical courses. So uh, with a lot of climbing and then uh, technical courses, those are the courses that suit me uh, really well. Yeah, I could say that Scent is also the course that could suit me. So 2020 was massively affected by coronavirus. And you know that firsthand, having been struck down with it yourself. Can you tell me about how you felt and recovering from COVID-19? Yeah, it's exactly a year ago today that uh, that I said I think I've got a I've got a fever. So, yeah, time flies by. Um, yeah, I uh, I struck it uh, from friends, and um, yeah, uh, at that moment there wasn't much known about the virus. Um, luckily, I had a a doctor from the team and a coach that were really careful with it, and they 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 told me to take it easy because I had already just started with training. And yeah, I had to say all symptoms except for the coughing. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was weird running up the stairs and then feeling out of breath or having pain in the lungs when you were just normally breathing a little bit deeper than, than you usually do. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't as ill as I was when I had like a normal flu where you really can't even find a corner in the house where you feel comfortable. But this just took a bit longer. It, it just felt like you were, um, yeah, how do you say, tired. Yeah, you were just tired. Like you, you, you come back from a camp and you've been really tired. You want to sleep all day long. And yeah, that just took a bit longer. And in the end, after my rest, I had three weeks of rest and another three weeks of non-riding. And then I started slowly again when I felt like everything was back to normal, uh, that, which was after two weeks of, uh, since I had it. And then they said, we want you to take another week. And then we start again. And in the end, I never felt a thing about it anymore. Just uh, my smell that took a while to get back. I think around August, I was able to smell and taste everything again. Right. So let's talk about this last season. It's been pretty different with no crowds and less races, as well as not traveling outside of Europe. How did you find it? Boring. Wasn't that nice? Um, I really missed the spectators. I missed uh, different courses, all the courses that got uh, cancelled. I um, I wished we had we had spectators. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, in the end, I can also just say that I was really lucky that we did have organizers that went ahead, mostly in Belgium. Then, but I think yeah, hats off to them for 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 doing it and uh, making the effort uh, because that kept all our jobs. But uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a lot of fun, of course, especially when you were uh, lost two laps and uh, you were a rider like me, which was, a lot, was around place four or five, but nobody ahead, nobody behind you. And you were like, yeah, OK, uh, two laps to go, but got nothing to gain and nothing to lose. It was really difficult to keep your pace then. And uh, then you do really miss the crowds that cheer you on. Yeah. Were you happy with how your season went? Yes, I did really found myself again this year and found the joy back in uh, in everything. I've uh, been struggling a couple of years here and then with a small injury or a small il- illness. And uh, I'm really happy that this year went really well with more podiums, good results. And 
yeah, for me, just a solid year. And I hope to do that for a couple of more years. What was your favorite race of the last season? Oh, wow. Uh, what was my favorite race? Well, I really like racing Hoster's Older again and being on a podium at Mature and Wout. That way it felt like the old days. That was really a lot of fun. Um, yeah, a lot of my favorite courses got cancelled, but I also like the Koppenberg course always. This is a course that suits me and I, and I enjoy doing. Um, yeah, normally I was really looking forward to, to Hulst, which is the Dutch World Cup, but that got uh, changed to another course. In the end, it was an okay course, but I still like the old course better. But yeah, I think we'd have to go with those courses. And you were ninth in the world champs with lots of sand. Did you like that course? <laughs> did I like it? It was horrible, uh, <laughs> but I did like it. Uh, it was one of the hardest races I've ever done in my career. Um, at the beginning, I thought I'm a, because I'm a good sand rider, uh, I, would, I would do really well. Um, and the sand went well for me, but it was the section around uh, along the side of the water that in the end killed me a bit. Um, the water at that moment was at its highest point and it felt like literally riding to quicksand. One moment you could feel like you were on, on tarmac and the other moment it felt like, well, you couldn't ride. It was just your, your wheel just sank, sank away and all the power that you just put in was gone. And that was the, the, the piece of the section of the course that for the first three laps killed me a lot and cost me a lot of power. And I think that cost me also a good result uh, in the end, because after that, I just never been able to close the gap anymore to, uh, yeah, to the rest of the, to rest of the riders. What do you think is your favorite race that you've ever done? Um, well, I love Sonnenhoven, Super Prestige. Uh, and I do really, really love the old course of Falkenburg. So not the world's course that was the last one, but two before the ones that I won. That was a course that just, yeah, that had everything that I myself was good at. And I do really miss that course. Uh, but Sonhove is a course that I still really enjoy doing. and Can't wait to do that again next year. What are your hopes for the 2021-2022 season and what are you looking forward to? Spectators. Yeah. I really hope that they'll be back. Uh, and of course, just a nice season um, and for myself, good results. Um, yeah, season without uh, bad news. Where do you like to ride for fun? Uh, ooh. I love uh, just the forest around, forest around my village. Um, we've got loads of nice uh, new mountain bike tracks, which I then do on my cross bike. I do like that a lot, just racing around that, playing around. Um, and yeah, I do also like, if I do have to do an endurance training on the road, I like to go near Arnhem, uh, which has a lot of uh, small, well, for England, small little hills. For us, there are mountains. Uh, and I love I love being there as well. And yeah, I think for me, that is uh, proper enjoyment. What would be your number one tip for a skill I should practice ahead of the next cross season? Well, it depends if you could. Are you already really good with dismounting and jumping back on your bike and putting it on your shoulder? I do need yes. to work on that. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, if, if I look at the, the women and at the girls, I see that that's a skill that a lot of a lot of them can um, can do better. 
a lot of the times I see them struggling um, and, and, and just a little bit too slow dismounting and putting the, the bike on the, on the shoulder. And I think that a lot of them can, um, yeah, can get a lot faster with that. And that could really help in cross because that sometimes takes a lot of time because sometimes you, I still have it. I still sometimes do it wrong and trip over my own feet. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's, there's that. And I think if you've, if you've mastered that, when you think, oh, I can really do that, then go for the barriers. I'm still not a good barrier um, jumper, but uh, I, I already see women jumping better than, than myself. And I think that is something uh, you should start with early on when you're young. And that's something I've missed in my career and in my uh, youth. Um, looking at the women and also at, at the, the young junior men, they, they all jump so well. So there's actually two skills you can do uh, along each other because you could say one lap, I, I jump the barriers or try to, and the other lap, I try to, to run over them and do the dismount, uh, dismounting and jumping back on the bike really well. And those two, you can really get some time with in races. Thank you. What sort of training are you doing now? And do you take time off at the end of the cross season? Well, I've started yesterday. So I've had three to three and a half weeks of full rest, which it, where I did none, none, nothing of, uh, of sport. Well, I, I did some hiking here and there, but uh, no sport. And I've started yesterday again, and it hurts. So I'm just trying to, uh, to find my rhythm again. That normally takes about a week. Um, and then, yeah, I will just start with endurance training, a little bit of power training on the talks. Um, I'll still do here and there a running training, like slow jogging um, and a bit of core stability. And that will be until we go on training camp and start the road season. Who's your favorite current rider? Uh, I've got three. Is that allowed? Yeah. Now at the moment, I uh, I just love watching Ale Philippe, uh, Mathieu mm-hmm. Van der Poel, and uh, Wout van Aert. Those three riders, uh, yeah, for me are are a joy to watch. Um, I've raced against all three, um, all in cross, of course. Um, but yeah, they're for me a joy to watch the race with their heart, and uh, I like watching them. So for me, they are the three. So when did you race Ala Philippe? Uh, in the under twenty three, in cross. So I was, uh, I think, third year. I was world champion racing or world. That was the first time I encountered him. I was racing a world cup in Lievain in France. And I'll never forget this. I was already solo and alone. And I was like, I'm going to win this. And then my coach was suddenly yelling, wait, wait, don't go too hard because somebody's coming. I was like, somebody's coming. Weird. So I looked back and yeah, there was this little guy coming. I didn't know I'm allowed to say little eh, because I'm little. And um and, and he came in my wheel. I still didn't know who it was, of course. Um, I was like, okay, ah, French guy, I don't know. Okay, fine. You go on the front then. Eh? It's, front, it's, it's French here, and I'll just try and, and, and beat you in the last lap. So, yeah, uh, he went on the front. He never was scared of doing work, which you still see on the road now. That's, that's mm. how he was back then. Uh, he did a lap on the front. I did the last lap. And, yeah, okay, I did rode away from him. But, yeah, I was two years older. Uh, I won that race and he got second and he was the first year in the 23, second World Cup. And uh, wow. that was Philippe. And after that, I encountered him a couple of times more. Um, but in the world, he wasn't that good. Um, and after that, of course, I went to the to the elite. So I saw him winning a couple of World Cups in the under 23. And he was really good then. But uh, he was, again, he wasn't that good on the, on the World Championships. Uh, but yeah, he started off uh, in cross. 
before I went to uh, to the road. Oh, that's really and, interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a couple of more of those guys. Uh, there's one in Covidis out of the top of my head. It's, it's called Venturini. It's also a world champion cyclocross, I think, with the juniors. Um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of guys that uh, that are now riding on the road that used to have a, uh, a cross uh, background. And uh, this year there was even a road rider doing quite a lot of the season uh, that's riding for Bahrain Merida, the New Zealander Heinrich Hausler. He's done a lot of uh, cross this year. And it was really a lot of fun seeing him uh, doing it because he did it all himself with, uh, with, I think he put his own bike in the pit and everything. So uh, a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I think it was really cool that he was riding the cross this season. <laughs> Who's your favourite rider of all time? Oh, uh, difficult question. Uh, well, for cross, I would say in first... Uh, because when you're young, you also try, I, or well, I did, you, you look at your own country uh, men. So I always uh, liked looking at Marianne Vos and Richard Groenendaal. Um, and yeah, um, Sven Nijs was, of course, in cross really big. But at mm-hmm. that time, I was cheering more for, uh, for Richard. And on the road for me, it was Michael Bogert. That was, uh, yeah, my, I, I was a fan of him. I still have his autograph somewhere. What's your advice for young riders? Uh, well, to, to always keep uh, the joy in what you're doing. Don't always see it as a sport you have to win in. Because mm. I can tell you there are not a lot of Metro Venepools. So normally you would lose about 99.9% of the races you enter. Uh, but that 0.1% is worth all of the losses. Um but yeah, you, you just have to enjoy it. Uh, don't overtrain yourself when you're too young. Try to to find a good balance between uh, having a personal life and enjoying your sport. And if you're talented enough, you will roll into something because it will happen, not because um, it has to. It has to be something you, you want, of course, because otherwise you won't be able to maintain it. Uh, but this, yeah, it, it will happen if, if you... If you if you want it, if you if you have fun in it, and if you, yeah, go for it. You do have to go for it, of course, but you you can't lose your joy in the sport. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? No music for you, I think. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite. Uh, I like to then put myself away a little bit and not have like a sense of time. Um, so I don't put like a normal song on because you know a normal song is always like three minutes or three and a half so I want a song that uh, I will say not a song uh, say music uh, that has no sense of time and for me that is a bit harder music so I then listen to Hardstyle Thank you for joining me today Lars Yeah thank you for having me it was uh, quite a lot of fun talking to you My most recent episode before this one was with Lucy van der Haar Lars's wife And as a fan, I found it amazing how kind they were and how they exceeded my expectations. So thank you so much to them for being on the podcast and thank you so much to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please let me know what you thought and you can get in touch via my Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast and I also have Twitter and Facebook. See you on the bike.